This is Overshare, a podcast for women by women. I'm your host, Cass Whitaker, here to overshare on all things sex, relationships, health, and career. Going the distance, how do you make a relationship last when you're oceans apart? In this episode, I talk with Emma, whose partner lives in the US, and Hannah, who moved from the US to be with her partner. So let's get started. So yeah, I actually looked up some stats on long distance relationships before this. And one of the big ones that came out was that 40% of long distance relationships end, which is not good numbers for you guys. (laughs) Awesome. Good to hear. And around four and a half months mark is the time when couples start having problems. So that one, Emma, is something me and you have discussed as well. And you said it's something that you've noticed when your relationship when you first told me that when we were talking earlier, I for a second had that awesome feeling, <laughs> totally smashed it. We're almost at two years, like four and a half months. What are you talking about? And then I thought back to approximately four, four and a half months into our relationship and we did actually break up for about two weeks. So that held true for me, unfortunately, <laughs> obviously came back around. But yeah, so I was surprised by that. Well, you've beaten the odds at least by, you know, getting back to it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. What about you, Hannah? Did, was that something that you noticed at all when for yours? Yeah, I feel like it's something you kind of go through. I mean, whether it's four and a half months or I feel like it's usually, you know, maybe a little bit before that or around that time, but you kind of just struggle with, I guess, coming to terms with the fact that, you know, you don't get to see this person every day. And like Harry and I went through a period where we like sort of broke up for a month and weren't really talking and we're like kind of trying to move on, but it was quite like, I guess hard, but I think it's common. Yeah. To just sort of feel that way when you're long distance. Cause I don't know, it's hard to cope with for sure. Yeah. I can imagine. Definitely. I know that I, when I was younger, I would have been like 15 years old. I tried to have a long distance relationship with a guy in Melbourne. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It was cute. You know, he he even drove to Adelaide to see me because he was obviously 17 and could drive. But yeah, when you actually factor in completely different countries and time zones and stuff and you can't actually just jump in the car and do that drive, I imagine it makes all of those pressures even bigger to deal with. So, Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't know about you, Hannah. Was your partner living in Australia when you were in America? So he was in England and I was in America. So it was the time difference wasn't, I guess, as extreme. It was weird because like we only had a small window to talk, which I'm sure like you feel the same. So it's like, if you don't talk, then you don't talk at all. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly right. And you don't even think that that's going to be the issue. Like when you're early on in a long distance relationship, you think about all the things that could possibly go wrong or the things that are standing against you. And the time difference isn't even something I at least never even thought about it. And it's easily one of the toughest parts of it. So yeah, it it is hard to cross that bridge, I guess, when, especially when you both work full time, because I know for me and Trent during the week, he's at home in the evening while I'm at work and then he's asleep by the time I finish work. So it is hard to have that connection. Yeah, that's the hardest part, I think, or one of the hardest parts. I mean, I guess now it's a bit easier during COVID because there's nothing else to really occupy your time. But I always felt bad when I was FaceTiming Harry, but like my family wanted to spend time with me. So it was always like this sort of juggling act of like, I don't want to miss out on opportunities that I can spend time with my family, but I want to obviously speak to my partner and we only have that sort of small window that we can really talk. So it was definitely sort of hard to juggle, especially at the beginning. 
Yeah, no, definitely, definitely hear you there. Yeah, so that was actually an interesting point because um, when I was doing the research on like, you know, the reason why couples break up when they're in these long distance relationships is some of the main causes is obviously the increased financial burden to make it work. So, you know, flying back and forth, I imagine, isn't cheap. But then also the difficulty in maintaining your geographically close friendships. So I guess it's like you, like you just said, you've got these windows of time where you've got to talk to people. So you prioritize your partner in that time slot over your friends. And maybe there can be some tension with friendships that don't understand, you know, why you're prioritizing. I thankfully haven't really experienced too much of that. My friends and family have been overwhelmingly supportive of it, which is really great. I don't know um, whether that's because of just how great the relationship is in my family. And some of my friends have had an opportunity to meet him um, when he was over here. So it I don't know whether that makes them feel like they have a connection with the relationship as well. I'm really grateful that everyone's sort of been supportive of it. And then, so if I say, for the most part, can't be free on Sundays because that's Trent's Saturday and that's the best time for us to spend the whole day FaceTiming or whatever, everyone's pretty understanding of it, which is great. I felt like everyone was understanding of it. I don't know. I guess like I just sort of felt sort of crazy like the whole time. I mean, even when I moved here, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I've never lived with a boy ever. And all of a sudden I'm like moving to Australia to be with someone and like everyone seemed really supportive. And I agree with you, Emma, and that like my family really loves Harry. And like, if they didn't support our relationship, I don't think they would obviously want it to work out. I don't know. I just felt a bit weird about the whole thing because it just sort of happened so fast. And all of a sudden I was like dating this Australian boy who was living in England and I just didn't really like know what I was doing, (laughs) I guess. I totally get that. Sometimes I don't even like bringing it up. Like if someone asks, they go, oh, do you have a partner? Are you seeing someone? You're like, oh, yeah, this is a story. And <laughs> you don't really necessarily want to talk about it because you don't know how the other person's going to react. And yeah, you do feel like, kind of feel like you're doing this thing that is a little bit nuts. Yeah. Maybe it's not so much, you know, the difficulty in maintaining the relation, like the friendships and stuff is not so much what your friends think, but just generally how you respond to it yourself then you know what I mean like you've you know putting this pressure and this idea of what an ideal relationship should look like in society so you're like am I just being insane right now how do I justify this to people absolutely and I've got to admit it's gotten worse since COVID for me at least because we're still separated and it's now in November it'll be a year since we've seen each other so it's hard for even me to wrap my head around so I think for the most part it's hard to explain it to other people as well so it's getting tough and I know Trent has um, issues explaining it to people and I think I concern myself more with what his family thinks than what my family thinks because I mean I know my family so I know they're pretty much going to be cool with whatever I choose to do and I'm sure his family are great so I'm sure they think the same thing but I'm still you know you always feel like you want to impress and have the in-laws or whatever really like you so I feel like I get more concerned that they'll be worried about him being in a long distance relationship and then with the added impacts of COVID it, it becomes this big complicated thing and COVID has definitely thrown a spanner in the works that's for sure. Yeah I couldn't imagine that honestly like the longest Harry and I I think went without seeing each other was maybe three months. And even that was like really hard for me. So wow, that's really impressive. But I also think like it's interesting that it has sort of that like people are unsure about long distance relationships because I do feel like the only thing you're really missing in a long distance relationship is that like physical touch sort of thing. Like 
other than that, like everything's there, like the emotional, the conversation and with technology, it's so easy to, you know, still be in touch. So it's funny that like, I still think that you can fully have a relationship with someone, even if you're not physically together. Yeah, definitely. My parents actually did long distance for about a year early in their relationship. Back in the early 80s when they literally had letters and phone calls that cost hundreds of dollars. Yeah, I absolutely appreciate all the opportunities we have. It would not work if we didn't have FaceTime and all those kinds of things. There would just be no hope. So I don't know how they did it back then, but yeah, (laughs) I appreciate it now for sure. One other thing that they did say as well that can cause, you know, the issues in relationships is the high expectations when you actually have that face-to-face time as well. So if you're seeing them more frequently, maybe it's a lot easier, but I imagine next time, Emma, you get to see Trent, there's going to be a lot of pressure on the time being perfect. Yeah, I'll be so stressed. <laughs> It'll be, it's one of those things because you look forward to it so much and we just can't wait and we would normally if we could plan we would be counting down to when we could see each other again yeah this time it'll it'll almost feel I feel like it might be weird at first because we're so used to conversing by a call or text or FaceTime that seeing each other in person it it might almost feel kind of awkward just like unnatural I mean every other time we have come together it's worked fine and like we've just sort of fallen into how things normally are. Yeah, I imagine now that it's been so long, it might be a little bit different and, and I'll be very nervous, but it'll be great. What about you, Hannah, when you, um, you know, first went to see Harry after, you know, spending a few months chatting to him, how was it? I kind of agree in that, like, I even if it was just a month or something, you get kind of like nervous and get those jitters. But like looking back on it now, like sometimes I honestly miss it. Like last year I went to the States and Harry couldn't come for two weeks. And I came back and like, since I've moved here, we like moved in together. We're living together. We see each other pretty much every day or we see each other every day because we share a room. And when I came back, it was like super weird. Cause like we hadn't seen each other for a while. And like, it had been a year since we had had that experience. And like, Harry was always around me and like always near me and like always wanted to like be hugging me and stuff. And I was like, this is so weird. Like I kind of miss this, like kind of miss that sort of feeling of like, you just actually really appreciate being with each other because you weren't with each other for so long. And now you're finally like in the flesh together. And like, I don't know, obviously it's not great when you're living it every day, but when you kind of come back to it, it's like, oh, wow. Like, you know, this is a nice feeling. I get what you're saying there. Cause I remember when um, Steve went to the U S for a friend's wedding and he stayed for like four or five weeks. And that was obviously the longest time we'd ever been apart. So it was like so exciting to see him. But yeah, I imagine it's tougher when that's the norm as opposed to just a anomaly. Yeah. Like I couldn't imagine not seeing Harry for a year and then like it finally coming. And I, I get what you mean about counting down because I feel like that was always something that we had to look forward to. And I even feel that with my family now. It's like, you know, when Harry and I were apart, we would always have that time where we knew we were going to see each other. And it would be so hard to like, not even have a set date where it's like, yes, like we'll finally be together. Cause I feel like that a lot of times like gets you through like some of the hard times that you have. Yeah. We've always had that. And that is one of the hardest parts of being a part at the moment is just because we can't even plan to see each other. So we don't have anything on the horizon. We can't plan an awesome vacation. We can't look forward to anything really, because there's really no idea as to when we'll be able to see each other again. So that's absolutely the hardest part at the moment is yeah, just the uncertainty kind of sucks. So 
if someone was in a long distance relationship or thinking about one, what are some of the actual tips that you would give on helping them make it work? That's a hard question. I think it totally depends on the couple. And I mean, it's, I don't think it would be for everyone. Like me and Trent, we're both very independent people. We like to be on our own and we do our own thing for the most part. So I think that's how we managed to get through it. If we weren't like that, then I think we'd struggle a lot more with the distance. And I think we're probably at an age where we're willing to put in the work to make it work. We want to make the time, even though the time difference sucks and gets in the way, like we're both willing to do what we have to, to be able to connect. Yeah. I think it's just dedication and really thinking about it at the start. If you are willing to do that and put in the effort because it is a lot of work. Sometimes like it's a little reward when there's a long time apart or say like, for example, this last week, Trent's had a wedding and he's been traveling and um, working a lot. So we haven't been able to connect quite a lot. So this past week, it's felt really, really difficult. And then we haven't been able to catch up often and we've kept missing each other. So this is one of those weeks that it's kind of a struggle. So I think you just need to be prepared for those weeks and to not get bogged down in it and just be like, oh, this is how I'm feeling right now. So this is how the relationship, it it, it all sucks. You've got to remember that there are times when it just feels absolutely awesome and you know you'll come together again and those times are great and you just got to focus on that. But you have to really be willing to do it. I think it really comes down to like, I guess, commitment communication and trust. Like I think like if you're, as Emma said, like you really need to be committed to doing it because it's not easy. It's not like you have to try really hard, but you have to be committed to the fact that you're with this person and you know, you want to be with them. And like, realistically, you want to probably spend the rest of your life with them. So like, it's sort of that if I have to wait a month or four years to be in the same place, it doesn't matter. I want to be with them. And I think like, communication, like if you don't talk and you don't know what's going on, doesn't mean you have to talk every day, but just to be aware of what's happening. And I mean, like, I feel like everyone's experienced frustration when like you like someone and they don't answer and you're just like, why aren't you answering? You know, like if you don't have that communication of like, oh, well, I'm busy doing this. So I might not be able to talk to you for the week. Like then, you know, you're on the same page. And I think like trust, obviously, like if you don't trust them, it's just not going to work you have to be able to not think that they're going to go out and do something and, you know, break that bond that you have. Because if you're like sitting in bed, racking your brain about what they're doing, then it's probably not a healthy situation to be in. That's so true. I can't imagine it if I had to be stressed about that as well. Like for the most part, like I said, the trust part is so important. If I didn't have that yeah, I could definitely not do it. I think about like, potentially like other partners I've had and that kind of thing. And I could definitely not do long distance with one of them, but like, so it does just depend on the couple, I reckon, but you're so right. If you're unsure and you're stressing yourself out, thinking about what they're doing and like, Oh, can you really trust them? And yeah, it's definitely not going to work. Yeah. I think it's funny because it's like, I think long distance is one of those ones that people think, Oh, you know, it's easy. You just send them a few messages and you don't have to see them like it's low touch kind of relationship. But actually, I feel like by the sounds of what you both are saying, it's more commitment than actually just being with someone in the same space. Do you feel like that, Hannah? Like maybe there was more effort involved in your relationship like a year, a couple of years ago compared to now? Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess it was all so new as well. Like, because Harry and I have been together for almost three years. So it's kind of like, 
I guess in the beginning it was all really fun, but I used to send Harry all these letters like in the mail because I thought it was like nice. It's like something tangible instead of just like a message, like you actually get like a handwritten letter with like a stamp on it, things like that, that I would never like do for anyone else. But I feel like just cause we had that connection, like it just felt natural. And like, obviously I was trying but I wanted to try. It wasn't like I was going out of my way to make something work that wasn't working. Like it was like, we were both willing to put in that effort to make each other happy and to make each other feel special, even though like we were living in different countries and different time zones on different continents. Yeah. That was one of the things like when I was looking it up as well, like suggestions on how to make it work, they did actually say that you should if possible, you know, send parcels and send kind of things in the mail because then it is that tangible thing, like you just said, rather than just, you know, a digital message. I remember when I first sent, because with COVID in particular, um, I don't think me and Trent sent each other anything sort of by mail or anything before COVID, but since COVID's here, it's, it's like literally all we have. So we're like, okay, no, we'll send each other care packages. It'll be really cute. The first one I sent to Trent, I like wrote a little love letter in it, like a little cute message. And he was like blown away by it. He's like, it's the sweetest thing I've ever received. Like, it was the nicest letter. And here I was thinking all the things I'd like bought for him and put in there were really cute. And he was just like in love with the letter. He thought the letter was really sweet. And I was thinking, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've said all of those things to you in a text message and or like on FaceTime. But for him to just receive it in the post and to know that it had taken like a month to get to him and that I'd taken the time to write it out, that meant more to him than the amount of times I'd said I love you or whatever in other ways. So yeah, I think having that tangible thing when you can't be together is really important. I don't know. It's something about when someone writes something in a letter, it just feels like they really mean it. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's always like typing it out in a text. Oh, you can just say whatever. But if you've gotten a pen and put it to paper, that's legitimate. <laughs> it's yeah. almost like that. Yeah. It, t- it takes more effort to do it. So it must be true. <laughs> Maybe it's just our like natural reaction to, you know, like people drunk text and stuff like that. So it's like, <laughs> we're always a bit like, yeah, is that what you really think? Like, <laughs> But I doubt anyone drunkenly writes letters, or at least not in this day and age. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. One other suggestion they had, and obviously only feel free sharing if you want to, but remember the podcast name is Overshare, is um, (laughs) being intimate, talking dirty, dirty text messages, etc. How does that go? If you don't do it, you're lying. Like, (laughs) 100%. I mean, we haven't made it to almost a year by just saying, I think you're cute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely like a part of long distance. And obviously like it is what you make of it and everyone's different. But I think like that's a big part of being in any relationship and having those like intimate moments. You know, it might look different for each person, but I think it's definitely something that extremely important. Yeah, it's just building that intimacy, like you said, right? So Yeah, absolutely. I think thinking back over like my time with Trent, like we met only once before we split again. Like he was in we met when he was in Adelaide with his family. I think it was two days after we met, he went back to the US and we didn't see each other again for I think four or five months. We hadn't been intimate before we'd sort of continue talking and going oh well I actually really like you this is awkward and so that kind of thing was sort of how we built that intimacy over a few months and I don't think we would have 
made it to when we first saw each other again, because that is so important. And even though we hadn't physically been together, we still had a bond in that way. And we still felt connected because of being able to talk about it and be so open with each other. And it was about finding what each other's comfortable with, because you don't want to be disrespectful and, and assume that someone's comfortable with doing something that they might not be. So it was about sort of, we got to investigate each other in that way throughout that time, which is actually really nice. And while coming together at when we finally did get to to come back together, it was, of course, super nerve wracking because it was <laughs> sort of this huge build up to it. But at the same time, I almost felt like we had been together in that way already. Yeah, I think that having that and being able to do that is the only way we made it through to being able to see each other again. I guess it's sort of awkward too, like in the beginning, or I guess like we had been together before, like we had to do the long distance thing. But it was sort of like, I don't know, because you get like told it's like, oh, like you never send nudes and you barely know this person. And you're like, well, should I be doing this? Like, is this bad? Like, is this going to come back to haunt me? Like you sort of feel a bit naughty about it. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I guess obviously like it goes back to like that trust thing and just like knowing that I could trust Harry and knew that like nothing would ever like happen in that way. And yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, as Emma said, like just something that you have to do. Like it's just, <laughs> you won't get through it without it. If, if you don't do it, you're just friends. Fair, fair point. <laughs> I have a couple, like a friend who's been with her partner for like, God, it would be like 10 or 12 years now. They both did exchanges for uni separately. So like one of them went over to Italy for like six months and then the other went over to the UK for six months at different times. During that period, they like both told me that they did send, um, you know, nudes and stuff to each other. But they're actually they were so paranoid about sending them that like they encrypt the file and like do all sorts of stuff. So, <laughs> oh wow, yeah, you know who I'm talking about, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, wow. You want listening to this and being like, oh, you can tell people that <laughs> exactly. Sorry, guys. <laughs> They're probably sitting there like, do not say my name, or those encryptions will mean nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and who's gonna care? You know what I mean? Like Harry and I had to apply for like our visa, and I was worried, like, oh, if they see these messages. Like, obviously, I didn't share any pictures or anything, but it's like at the end of the day, like, that's just part of being in a relationship. If you argue, like, that's normal, like, all those things that you experience are like totally normal, and it's not something you should be like embarrassed about or worried about because it's not easy being in a relationship, whether it's long distance or you're living in the same house, you're always going to have those challenges. But I guess it's just about, you know, how strong is that relationship? Actually, you just brought up something interesting, like when you've had to apply for your visa. So can you just like give us a bit of info on that and how that works? Yeah. So Harry and I are, I guess, in the process of applying for our partner visa. Well, actually, I applied over a year ago. So it's literally just been kind of a nightmare. I decided to go without a lawyer, but I'm basically, yeah, just kind of waiting for anything. <laughs> I had to just get like, lots of evidence together. I had to get like his mom and one of his mates to like sign off saying that they like believe in our relationship. Like Harry and I have all these, like our savings and things like that are together. So I had to share all that information. 
But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not an easy process. I think the application itself was quite straightforward. And I mean, I'm hoping that like I'll get approved because obviously our relationship's legitimate, but it's definitely quite like taxing emotionally just because I've been waiting for so long. And, you know, the processing time is 20 to 25 months. So like over two years, I applied May of 2019. So I'm like a year and few months. It was a huge investment, like a couple thousand dollars. It's definitely been a long process and I get worried a lot that they'll reject it. And then, you know, I don't want to have to go back to America, but yeah, I guess just staying positive is probably the only thing getting me through it. Yeah, that's fair. And that's obviously coming to Australia. And then I imagine Emma in your situation, if you were going to the US, it'd be an entirely different experience. So yeah, I get stressed just even thinking about it (laughs) it's really difficult um looking at moving to the u.s but um and i mean this year was supposed to be like the year we sort of sorted it out and i was going to go spend a few months over there and and sort of look for work and we were going to start the process but then obviously covid hit and kind of travel over there so at the moment it's all super up in the air and obviously they've said or trump's put in place a we can't immigrate over there at the moment. So it all depends on sort of when that will finish. And yeah, so COVID has not worked well in for us, but it's already a difficult thing looking at moving to the US, but just trying to stay positive and, and hoping for the best and all those things. And I think a lot of the time we sort of think, well, we've been together this long and, and we've made it surely it's not all for nothing. So yeah, yeah trying to stay positive. Yeah, I feel like we need to end this on something positive. Because yeah. <laughs> what you just said's right. Like, I mean, you know, you've been together this long and, you know, it's a small period of our lives. Like, if you want to be with that person in 20 years, you know, like, you'll look back on it and be like, well, it's only a couple of years apart, right? So Yeah, exactly. And I speak to people now, um, when I do mention to people that I'm in a long-distance relationship, so many people go, oh, yeah, me and my wife, we, we lived apart for two years. Or, or something like that and I'm like what so there's all these people that have done it at some point in their relationship I just didn't even realize and so it is really inspirational and like motivational for me to hear those stories and to hear that yeah these people like they're still together to this day and it was like a decade or two ago when they had their bout of long distance so it's definitely helpful hearing those stories yeah well I also did see that apparently 3.75 million married couples in the US actually exist in long distance relationships at the moment. That blows my mind. Well, I can't believe that honestly. Like I, I can't how they do it. <laughs> I want to like fact check the data. It's just on Wikipedia obviously, <laughs> but there like- I am thinking I'm special. Like, oh, I'm doing this really difficult thing. I'm really cool. No, apparently everyone does it. It is funny how you think that, like, with long distance, though. Like, <laughs> like oh, like, your story is so cool. Like, how you guys met and stuff. And then, like, you just hear that so many people did the exact <laughs> same thing. And you're like, oh, okay. It kind of makes it exactly. normal, though. Like, if that I did it, I can do it. Exactly. So, like, while you can be like, oh, yeah, I thought we were doing something super romantic, but apparently everyone does it. You do also go like, oh, sweet. Okay. It must not be that difficult to do if all these people are doing it. Yeah. It's like solidarity. Cool. Well, yeah. Thank you both for spending this time chatting to me about your relationships. I'm sure your boyfriends will both love listening to this when it's live. (laughs) Oh my God. Can't wait. (laughs) No, I'm nervous. I'm like, oh, I I didn't think about him listening to this. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, no, this podcast is Overshare. And if you want to listen to me or anyone else overshare about other topics, feel free to reach out and let me know what you'd like us to discuss. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening to me, Emma and Hannah, talk about long distance. See ya. Thanks. Bye.